get into the Word of God tonight and uh, let, let, let's pray that uh, there's a supernatural power for me to preach this quicker. Matthew chapter 26, Matthew 26 and verse, Matthew 26 and verse, let's start at 17, Matthew 26 and verse 17, Matthew 26 and verse 17. Here's the story we pick up in Matthew of many of the, of the Synoptic Gospels. We hear the story of the Last Supper. But yet yeah, this one particularly I love because it kind of de- just, just depicts it in a really great way. So we're going to jump into it. Let's, let's, let's go there tonight. Matthew 26 and verse 17 says, On the first day of the Feast of Unleavened Bread, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, Where do you want us to make preparations to eat or for you to eat the Passover? Verse 18, he replied, Go into the city to a certain man and tell him, The teacher says, my appointed time is near. I'm going to celebrate the Passover with my disciples at your house. That's pretty pretty in your face for Jesus. I love that, but it's cool. So the disciples did as Jesus had directed them and prepared the Passover. Verse 20, when when evening came, Jesus was reclining at the table with the 12. How many, let's just pause there for a second. How good is it that Jesus just chills out all throughout the Bible? Now, he is a guy who's on a mission. He, he, he has the, literally the weight of the world on his shoulders, yet he still has time to recline. Some of you need to take a note and a leaf out of Jesus' book. You need to take time to recline. How many people know that your family doesn't need you more stressed out? They need you to rest a little bit. You need to learn how to recline like Jesus. But it goes on. I love this. So he's reclining at the table with his 12 disciples. And, and here's where it keeps on going. It says this. When even, uh, he was reclining at the table with the 12. While they were eating, he said, I tell you the truth. One of you will betray me. Not the best conversation starter, but he goes on. They were very sad and began to say to him one after the other, Surely not I, Lord. Jesus replied, The one who has dipped his hand into the bowl with me will betray me. I can Imagine everyone just freaking out. Does anyone kind of picture this? Everyone's like, Oh my gosh, I'm pretty sure I used a fork, but I may have used my hands. But anyway, so he goes on. The Son of Man... You'll get it later. Anyway, uh, the Son of Man will go just as is written about him. It says this, But woe to the man who betrays the Son of Man. It will be better for him... If he had not been born, it's a pretty bad day. Then Judas, everyone say Judas. Never call your child Judas. They're Judas. The one who would betray him said, surely not I, Rabbi. Jesus answered, yes, it is you. While they were eating, I, I, I just, can, can we just pause one more second here? Isn't it crazy to think that even Jesus allowed a betrayer at his table? He knew full well that Jesus, or that he would betray Jesus. He would turn his back on him, but yet... There was still room for him at his table. You know what I mean? It doesn't matter what you've done, where you've come from, your past, your upbringing, the things that have been done to you, the things that you've done to others. Here's the thing. There's still room for you at Jesus' table. That's pre- I like, oh, this is good. Yeah, you can clap. I'll clap myself in a second. But anyways, it says this, verse 26. While they were eating, Jesus took bread, gave thanks and broke it and gave it to his disciples saying, take and eat. This is my body. Now, to someone who is probably to sit in the table as a random, maybe an onlocker, looking on here, that is a pretty unusual statement. If you came out of my house for dinner and I passed you a little piece of bread and said, take this, it's my body. (laughs) You would run to the door. Anyways, but there's a powerful point behind it. Then he took the cup, gave thanks and offered it to them saying, drink from it. Catch this, underline this in your Bible, dirty Bible, clean Christian, watch this. Underline this, it says this. Drink from it, all of you, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you, 
I will not drink of this, uh, of this fruit of the vine from now until the day when I drink it anew with you in my Father's kingdom. Verse 30, I love this, and we'll talk about this later on tonight. When they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. One more scripture, and we'll get this party started. Here we go. Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 15. Hebrews sounds like something from Sesame Street. Hebert. Hebrews, just to me. Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 15 says this, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet was without sin. Verse 16, Let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence, so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Let's read that one more time because this is powerful because despite popular opinion, Jesus actually can sympathize with you. Check this. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way just as we are, yet was without sin. Let us then approach the throne of a Christ. Let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. The title of my message tonight, for all those people that are taking notes and want to have their name written in the Lamb's Book of Life, is simply this. That's a joke. You can laugh. A fresh focus. A fresh focus. A fresh focus. If you want another title, you could say Relentless Love. If you want another title, you could say A New Passover. If you want another title, just make one up. A fresh focus. Let's pray and let's jump into this. Holy Spirit, I thank you. You're going to help me deliver this word tonight effectively and precisely in the time that I have. God, I thank you. God, we would not just hear it, but we would actually live it out. We would apply this word, God. We would believe it in our hearts, God, that we would truly encounter Jesus tonight. We thank you for it. We thank you for what we're about to partake in and what is about to happen in our worlds. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. 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 Slap the person next to you. Say, you need a fresh focus. I said slap them that night. I didn't say tap them politely. I said slap. <laughs> Wounds cleanse away evil. That's in the Bible. <clears throat> I loved Christmas. I, I really enjoy Christmas this year, obviously, because I've now got uh, not only a five-year-old boy, but now I've got my two twin girls. And so I have had a, I've got a family of five, which is pretty cool. And so now my Christmas is changing. It's amazing how um, Christmas changes. I, I kind of miss the good old days sometimes, don't you, when Christmas was about you? But, but anyways, it, you know, you were so pumped to wake up in the morning and go downstairs and it was just all, you know, it was, it was you, you had your presents wrapped up. And now it's kind of got to the point, and it's probably not too bad, I did, we, you know, when you get married, you kind of, the, you know, you should have some surprises, don't get me wrong, but you kind of know what you're going to buy for each other. You know, the married people in the house, give me a little wave, you know what I'm talking about. Oh, what, what did I get you for Christmas, you know? <laughs> yeah, you bought me this. Oh, okay, cool. So, you, you know, but I did surprise my wife with two cookbooks. Anyways. She likes cooking, put down your stones, all right? <laughs> but I love it because, uh, you know, it, now looking at it again, afresh from a child's perspective. Now my little boy Bailey, especially because the girls don't really, they had more fun playing with the wrapping than with the toy we bought them, but, uh, which, is, which is pretty cool. So next year, I'm pretty sure I'm just going to give him wrapping. I'm just going to scratch it up and just roll. Here you go, Chan, you see you later. And then, but, but Bailey, he's now a bit more aware of Christmas. And so, so he's like, uh, I remember like for Christmas, I was telling a few of our guys, I love what kids say. Like the stuff that kids come up with is hilarious. Yeah. It, like honestly, it is the most 
entertaining thing in the world to have a child. It's like you, you, you just watch them and listen to them and watch the stuff they say. And I'm sure when they get to like teenagers, it's a little bit different. But, but for now, I'm going to enjoy it. Don't burst my bubble. But here's this little boy. Like he, he, I, I said, uh, he came back from school the other day and he's like, Dad, I want to change my middle name. I said, buddy, what do you want to change your middle name for? Your middle name's James. That's my name. That's my name. That's your heritage. I am your dad. You want to pass this on? He said, no, daddy, I want to change my middle name. I said, well, what great name. There's only one other name that would be worthy enough to fill that spot, and that's Jesus. Anyway, so, <laughs> like, above and beyond, obviously. Don't get me wrong. But I said, what other name could it be? He looks at me and says, daddy, I want my new name to be Bailey Hot Dog Murray. Bailey Hot... I said, are you kidding me? I said, what about Bailey James? Nuh-uh. Bailey Hot Dog Murray. I said, all right, champ. You'll regret that later on in life. I'm sure you will. <laughs> Roll call. Uh, Bailey Hot Dog Murray. <laughs> no, I'm not here, you know. But he asked me for Christmas. He said, I said, you know, buddy, what do you want for Christmas? He says, well, I've asked Santa for some stuff for Christmas. I said, awesome. What have you asked Santa? And he's like, I asked Santa for um, a pair of roller skates which I think is hilarious just straight away, because why would you ever roller skate? <laughs> number two, a pair of roller skates. Number, number two, a two-wheeled scooter, which is pretty cool. And number three, a girlfriend. <laughs> Isn't that hilarious? I'm like, where do you get this stuff from? This is, this is amazing. So he asked for a girlfriend, so he got two of them. Uh, so we're still, we're still waiting for the rollerblades. <laughs> no, I'm playing, I'm playing. Anyway, so... <clears throat> One of, the, one of the things that he got for Christmas was a, uh, a, a board game called uh, Candyland. Now, I'm not familiar with Candyland because in Australia, growing up, we didn't play. We worked uh, in the mines. And <coughs> but we, uh, he has this, this Candyland game, which is, which is all good and fun. But it actually started to make me think about... about uh, you know, what the, the stuff I used to play when I was a kid. Do you, know, you remember the, the games you used to play when you were younger? The games that entertained you. Once upon a time, you know, it was, you were happy to have a ball to kick around. You were happy to do things outdoors. But now kids are asking for iPads and all this other stuff. I'm making myself sound old really now. All of these kids today, you know, iPads and technology. You know, I sound like my mum. But anyways. <laughs> but I remember, I was thinking about this one particular game I used to play. Uh, and it was a game that is totally unusual. Please don't judge me for it. This is who, who I am and how I grew up. But I used to have a game that I played on my bike. Anyone used to play games on your bike while you're riding your bike? I loved riding my bike. My bike was the best. I used to put a little card in the spokes of the thing so you could make the sound of a motorbike, and you're really, really hardcore. <clears throat> Can you imagine pulling up to a biker bar with one of those? There you go. Yeah, two cards in that one. Watch out, you know. But this one particular game I used to play was where I used to ride my bike and I used to ride it as fast as I could down a street and whilst I was riding I would turn my head around and look backwards and see how far I could get before I could look forward. Does not entertain anyone else here in the room. I used to I, I ride as fast as I can while looking behind me and to, to see how far I could get before I look. And, and then I would kind of like, me and my friends would all say, oh, you made it this far, woo you know. So this is Australian entertainment right there, 101. But this one particular time, I'm riding my bike whilst looking backwards. And as I'm riding it, how many people know when you're not looking forward, you actually start to drift? 
you actually start to sway off path. And so as I'm riding my bike as fast as I can, the momentum on my bike is taking me forward. But while I'm looking backwards, I didn't realize, but I started to veer off the road. And instead of, you know, being really cool and entertaining all my friends with my smooth moves, I ended up smashing into a, car, a park car, going over the top of the park car, like that far, over the top, rolling down onto the front of the car. And, and, and I got up, I'm kind of dusting myself up, I'm like, oh, that's right, hopefully no one saw. I look up beside me, there's a whole house of builders right there laughing at me while I'm like, whatever, you know, like just brushing it off. I did like the real kid thing, I'm like, and I kicked my bike and ran away, you know. It, it, made, me, it made me think about, you know, I was thinking about this, this game I used to play and how, how symbolic and how typical that is of most people's lifestyle. Most people's way of life, if, if anything, is so many people are so busy moving forward into the future, but yet spending most of their time looking backwards. They're, 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 the momentum of, of the plans that even God has for us is taking us forward, but yet our focus is not forward, our focus is behind. We find ourselves constantly looking back onto the things maybe of the past, maybe things that you regret and maybe things that you've, you're ashamed of, maybe things that you, you're a bit disappointed and maybe things that have happened to you, but yet you're looking back at the past while the future is trying to take you forward. See, the problem with that is, is that what you'll find yourself doing is crashing into things you never intended or you were never meant to crash into. Listen, when I was riding that bike, that parked car didn't find me, I found it. I found it. Do you realize a lot of, see, some of you are here tonight, and listen to me, the financial troubles that you're going through are not the financial troubles that have found you. You've actually found them because you're spending so much time looking back instead of looking forward. You're just directing yourself into an inanimate, an object that is stationary, an object that wasn't intended for you, but yet you're crashing into it. Some of you are having marriage problems. Some of you are going through relationship issues, and the reason why you're finding yourself smashing in yourself against these things is not because they have found you, but you have found them because you're spending your whole time looking back. Wow. Now listen, Jesus is, he, he, he comes to earth and he makes some pretty radical statements about the idea of moving forward. Paul the Apostle says, forgetting what is behind, I press forward. Jesus said, if you're going to put your hand to the plow, you must not look back. So, so the question I guess is, and here's the question I want to pose to you tonight, is how much attention are you giving your past? How much attention are you giving your past? I sat on a plane one time with a, a, a gentleman. I, I was flying. I was in Australia at the time, but I'd flown over to America. I'd flown on about 11 flights around America at this time, but I sat on one of the last flights. And as I was sitting on this flight, I'm pretty tired. All I want to do is have my little complimentary bag of pretzels and peanuts. I want to watch The Notebook, have a cry, and go to sleep. That's all I want to do. <laughs> you know those moments, right? You can relate? Good. As I'm sitting there, I sat down in my chair and <clears throat> I was sitting in the middle aisle and the middle seat and the man was sitting, there's this 50-something-year-old guy who's sitting on the outside chair and, and as I sat down, he's asleep and, and I, as I sit down, I feel the Holy Spirit saying, James, I want you to talk to him. I want you to talk to him. I'm like, man, God, are you serious? Like, I'm tired. I've, I just want to watch the notebook, have a cry, go to sleep. Do you not understand? Come on, God. And I'm telling you, it was crazy because as I'm sitting there, I'm having this battle on the inside. I don't know if this happens to you when you sit on planes, you feel God telling you to talk to the person next to you, and you're like, God, come on, stop being so selfish. <laughs> you know, you don't say that because you're on a plane, right? It's just, don't do that, I'm on a plane. <laughs> no, no, it's bad news. 
But I finally, I give up. I'm like, God, fine. Fine, God, I'll do it. I'll, I'll talk to the man. And I've got a bit of a volume perception problem. And so I turned to him and I said, hey, how you going? And I realized again, I'd forgotten he was asleep. So he's just kind of like, ooh, this. And his peanuts went everywhere. It was crazy. And I turned to him. I asked the dumbest question you can ask on a plane. So, where are you going? He looked at me. He's like, the same place you are, idiot. Oh, cool. Good start. Good start, slugger. Good start, you know. I started to chat to him. I said, hey, so uh, what, 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 why, are you, why are you flying? I was flying to Denver. I said, what are you flying to Denver for? Well, uh, I actually just got out of prison. I'm like, really? That is so interesting. I'm like leaning, my, my hands sneaking down onto the air hostess bell. I'm like, ding, 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 ding. Oh, tell me more about it. Move me, move me, you know. And uh, he starts telling me how he's in, he's, in, he's in prison and how all this stuff's happened and what before he went to prison, uh, prison, not Brisbane, it's kind of the same thing, but as he, uh, as he was in prison, he, uh, before he got into prison, he actually had, had gotten a girl pregnant who was his partner and, and she'd actually had the baby while he was in prison, years had gone by and now he's going out and he's going to go and see his, his baby for the first time. Now he starts weeping on the aeroplane like weeping. And I'm like, now, like, I'm pretty pastoral, reasonably pastoral. I'm like, really? Oh, dude. And I'm rubbing his back. I'm like, there, there. Shut up. You know, like just trying to console him, right? And I started telling him, I said, hey, 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 listen, man, have you, have you heard about the love of God? He says, yeah, yeah, I know about the love of God. I said, oh, that's, that's great. I said, have you, do you know about, you know, that, that God has plans for you? that he actually has good intentions for you. He actually, not with the devil intended for bad, God intended for good. And I start just kind of quoting scripture to him and trying to help him out. And he's like, yeah, every response was, yeah, I know. Yeah, I know that one. Yeah, I know about that. And I know about that. Yeah, and, and he had, I know, but every time he kept on reflecting back to, but you don't understand, I've done this. Yeah, I know that scripture, but you don't understand, I've gone through that. Yeah, I, I understand this, but you don't understand, this is what I'm faced with right now. As I walked off this plane here, I started to realize is that this man had made a trophy of his past and not made a trophy of Jesus. You see, our natural default, unfortunately, in our lives is to look back, and we don't mean to do this, but what we often do is make trophies of our past. We treat them like trophies. We put them up on the shelves of our mind and we constantly look back to them and say, just remember that. Hey, don't you forget that. Sometimes they're ones that are good things. Sometimes, most of the time, they're bad things that the devil uses to reflect back upon us. Hey, don't you think you could do it? Dude, you remember this thing? You remember that thing? And so what happens is we're so stuck looking back that we're forgetting to, to press forward. You see, here's this whole idea. This is, this is where I'm going to start to kind of tie this all together. What you understand is that communion is very much about dealing with this issue. Communion is actually about you not looking back to the past, but actually pushing forward into the future. What you need to understand, here's the context. Jesus sits down at a table and it says that he gets the Passover ready. What you must understand is that Jews had this thing on a regular basis, on an annual basis called the Passover. And the Passover was a, a celebration, also a remembrance of what God had done in their lives. What they would do is they would prepare a table and in that table they would prepare a list of different symbolic items that would go on that table. Let me list them out for you. Number one, they would put out unleavened bread. The unleavened bread was put on the table. Why? It is symbolic of when the, when the Israelites were brought out of Egypt, they didn't have enough time because they left in haste. They didn't have time to cook their bread properly, so they cooked it without leaven. 
It was the quickest way to do it. Just leave the leaven out. It will cook in a matter of moments as opposed to leaving the leaven in which causes it to rise, which takes time. So they said, look, we don't have time. Let's cook unleavened bread. So they left Egypt with unleavened bread. Really, this is just a mistake, but yet they've made it a symbol. They're just reflecting back on something that really wasn't a, a, a big deal, but it, they, they're reflecting back as the, in this Jewish context of, look, man, that's right. We've we got we to remember again that we had this unleavened bread. And then the other thing they had on the table was a lamb. Now, this was very powerful and was very symbolic, but yet they haven't caught. The penny hadn't dropped yet. The lamb was symbolic of what happened is on the last plague uh, to the Egyptian nation was that the angel of death, and he came and he would, uh, the angel of death came over Egypt and killed all the firstborn. But if you had the blood of a lamb on the doorpost of your house, what meant is that the angel of death would pass, pass over. That's why they called it Passover. That's why they celebrated Passover because the angel of death passed over. So they would have this lamb in remembrance of God rescuing them. Little did they know that the lamb, the lamb that was meant to have been slain, the lamb that was beyond just a, a sacrifice, just kind of this symbolic moment was actually sitting at the table with them. The third thing they had was a bowl of salty water. The salty water was actually symbolic of the tears that they cried in Egypt during slavery. The salty tears. And they would put on the table and again, reflect back. Now, listen, I'm not against looking back to where God has rescued you from. But if you constantly live in the past, if you're constantly looking back to the teary, broken moments, you're not looking forward to the saving Savior who lives ahead of you. The fourth thing is they would have a paste. And this paste was actually made out of figs and nuts and berries. And it was kind of like a gooey paste that they would put on the table. And that was also symbolic of the bricks that they made when, whilst in slavery. Again, all of this stuff, looking back, looking back, looking back, the last but not least is they had four cups of wine that they would put on the table. These four cups of wine were symbolic of the four promises of God that God gave them in Exodus when it talks about, I will be your God I will be, and you will be my people. You know that one in Exodus? And it's all these four promises of God. And so what they would do on an annual basis, they sit around and remember the past. You see, the crazy thing about this is that Jesus came to the earth. Why? Because God is not a God who wants to pass over. He's a God who wants communion. You see, often if we, we have these moments in life, if we just make trophies of the past, looking back, man, well, I'm just glad that I'm not where I was and I'm just glad. And that's all good to celebrate those things. But God is not a God who we just hope will pass over and I hope things will work out and I hope things will come together and I hope. No, it's not about those things. It's about a God who says, no, I'm not a God who passes over. I'm a God who comes close. I want communion with my people. I want relationship with my people. So here's this story, and what we must catch is this profound truth that God is trying to display to us here in this powerful moment, this moment in the Bible, right before his crucifixion, is Jesus saying, do you not understand, I am your Passover meal. I am the lamb that was slain. I took upon those salty tears from the past that you have. Man, I, man those, that, that slavery where you had to try and work hard to become righteous, you had to work hard to be a good person. No, I took that upon myself and I'm about to take upon them myself on the cross. Do you not understand that those promises, those four wines, listen, they're not those hypothetical promises. They're literal promises you can inherit through me as you believe in my son and believe in Jesus Christ and the death on the cross. What you must understand, he's starting to unravel right before them. The things that they looked back for so long as the past to present them as the future they could obtain. The future they could partake in. You see, what we're going to catch here tonight is that this whole idea of communion, please, please do not restrict it to a, to a piece of kind of tasteless bread 
and a cup of, you know, kind of salty juice, or sorry, sugary, not salty, but sugary juice that's going to counteract the lack of flavor in the little biscuit thing that you got. Please don't restrict God to that. Don't restrict communion to that. Don't restrict communion to a religious thing that we go through because here's the great thing about it is that Passover was about requirement to a religious obligation, but communion was about a start of a relationship with Jesus. What you must understand is that from, that was the last time Passover was ever mentioned in the Bible because it's no longer about God passing over, but it was about Jesus coming near. You don't need to have a God who's from a distance helping you. No, you have a God who, if anything, made the first move in this whole idea of reconciliation and redemption. And he came towards you that we could have relationship, not only just to have a relationship that is beautiful and prepares a great future ahead of us, but also to eliminate the past that we've been so caught up in remembering. My Bible says that godly sorrow leads to repentance that leaves no regrets. There's some people here tonight, and as we're about to partake in this communion time, what I want to encourage you in is this. Stop making trophies of your past. Stop, dis- stop dis- disqualifying yourself because of your past. Don't look at, maybe you thought 2012 was a pretty average year. Maybe you thought 2012, man, was this not the year that it was going to be? And I made some really dumb decisions and dumb, dumb you know, kind of moves in my life. And let me tell you, it, it doesn't matter about that anymore. Because of what Jesus did on the cross... You don't have to have a New Year's resolution. Why? Because the Bible says that His mercies are new every day. Every day. You can think, well, but I, I've already stuffed up my New Year's resolution. You know, we, we usually start our New Year's resolutions three days into it. We've already stuffed them up. Isn't it great to know that in heaven, after every day, the countdown to 12 o'clock happens? Because every day is the start of a New Year's resolution, a new day resolution. Why? Because His mercies are new every day. Every day. If I could ask just the team to come, listen, I I, want to get to the real point and and the crescendo of this message is actually to partake in this because what happened in the church from there on in, like Pastor Mark was saying, is that prayer and feasting, it was actually about them feasting together. And what you must understand again is that communion wasn't actually just these little tiny symbols of bread and juice. It was a meal. They ate a whole lamb. They ate copious amounts of it was like christmas day every every time they gathered for communion why again a beautiful symbolism of the fact that jesus is not there to give you just a taste but he's there to satisfy he's a savior that satisfies he satisfies you now maybe you're here today and maybe this year you actually spent most of your time looking back and looking back and you kept on looking back on the past and you disqualified yourself from the future that Jesus actually wanted you to focus on. Let me tell you that focus ultimately is actually Him. It's not really, well, that I'd succeed in business and my marriage would be great. Can I tell you, the quickest way to become successful in business, successful in your marriage, successful in your relationship, successful in anything you'll put your hands to, let me tell you, it's real simple. Just focus on Jesus. Because where you focus is where you go. What happens when you get the success in business? What then? What happens when the... Listen, it's so much bigger than those things. And this is the graciousness and the grace of God, His mercy and His compassion, that as we pursue Him, as we seek Him first, all these things are added to us. 
This is Bible. That's why it's called the good news. 